Hey, it's your wingman Kagan, and welcome to the Dangerously Vulnerable Podcast, where we talk to honest leaders who care less about perception and more about the success of others. Today, we're going to dive into a visionary's life and learn how adversity, failings, and bad decisions have shaped their lives, their thinking, and their definition of success. There's absolutely no room for inflated success stories, so you can take notes on the learnings that have shaped them for the better. This podcast is brought to you by Height Digital in Oklahoma City, one of the leading creative and marketing agencies for visionaries looking to accelerate their growth and increase their revenue. Let's go. Damon, how's it going? Man, it's good to see you again, your beautiful face. Uh, I appreciate the opportunity to chat. I'm uh, I, Since Costa Rica, I've gotten a nice tan and uh, you know, it's, it's making my bald head look better. I didn't know that was possible, but I'm excited for you. Hey, I'm always looking for the positive. So there's plenty of negative around. Well, hey, I really appreciate you uh, getting on the Dangerously Vulnerable podcast. My first question for you today, though, are you okay with being dangerously vulnerable? Yeah, man, this is, uh, I I think, probably for the same reason that you enjoy it is I enjoy um, the inspiration that it often brings the wild card after these conversations. I I'll often get messages of appreciation where people interpret these stories in their own way and apply them to their world and it, it helps people. So yeah, yeah, let's do it. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate it. So just really quick background. We haven't known each other for very long. Um, I actually met Mm -hmm. you in Costa Rica. Um, the way I met you was you were standing, uh, you were standing up talking to John Maxwell, asking him a question. I looked over, I think I was right behind you because I wanted to ask him a question too. And I was like, who is this guy? And, um, and so, so, you know, it just kind of like went over my head and then all of a sudden we're sitting down having lunch together at this random, you know, just random encounter. And ultimately I felt like I couldn't leave the conversation because I was enjoying it so much. So thanks for welcoming me in to your conversation, uh, ad hoc here. And thanks for being on today. It's truly, truly an honor to have you. Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, Costa Rica was fun. Um, the the group that kind of runs that event, um, I, I've kind of just come in and come out and come in and come out yeah. and <laughs> make random appearances. You know, it's, so for the listeners, it's a mastermind. And, and, you know, the mastermind could probably be part of this conversation or masterminds in general is, you know, the question I asked John C. Maxwell um, and the question I asked, you know, Kevin Harrington and what, is largely the same. I kind of asked it in, in different ways. So with John C. Maxwell, I said, hey, look, I've been fortunate enough to find a certain, um, you know, reasonable level of success. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm comfortable where I'm at financially. I'm comfortable where I'm at as a father and a husband. And, and so that leaves me this long runway in front of me in my life. And, and so now I want to figure out what the next thing I can apply, you know, keep keep the attention in, in the things that, that I've already mentioned, but also apply attention to other things that I have an opportunity to be passionate about. And I'm trying to figure out what those things to be passionate are. And then with Kevin Harrington, I got the opportunity to talk to him before he went on stage. And I, I said the same thing, but much more direct. I said, if you found out who Kevin is, you know, not the entrepreneur, not, not the Shark Tank yeah. guy, but who's Kevin? And, and, and I'm asking these questions because I'm on that journey. Like, who am I besides a husband and father and entrepreneur? And what, do, what am I individually passionate about as an isolated individual, you know, person? And so I'm curious to ask that other people to see what paths they've been on. And and part of that coming full circle is 
masterminds. Yeah. And so I'm in these different masterminds because they all have their different pros and cons and their advantages and ecosystems. And so I'm just like in this giant AB testing mode in all capacities of life yeah. right now. Yeah. So I, I guess my question for you would be, so after uh, John Maxwell's answer to you, and um, I can't remember Kevin Harrington, if uh, how he answered on that, but I mean, how did you take that? What, what, what did you leave with? Yeah. I think John misinterpreted the question a little bit, okay. um, and, I, and I'm not looking for anybody to give me my answer. Sure. So like I, like I said, I'm asking these to understand the journey that these people have been on. And just like I said at the beginning of this recording, when you share your stories, people interpret them in their own ways. And so I'm asking these people their, the questions of you know, their version of their paths so then I can interpret it and apply it to, to my world. Um, and so I think he was off a little bit in understanding the question, and his answer was somewhere along the lines of, you know, ask people around you, what do they recognize you as a person? And then that's probably an insight as to the things you're passionate about. And then Kevin, I didn't ask in front of the group. I got to talk to him behind kind of backstage. Got it. And, and I said, um, I just said, have you found out who, you know, what was funny is when I walked up to him, I said, Kevin, I have a non-business question okay. for you. That's how I, that's how I asked it. And some dude off the side goes, ha, that's a good way to ask him. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I just imagine the dude just gets flooded with right. business questions and so he paused and he goes yeah i think so and he said his answer was he started um, a thing called entrepreneur organization i think that i believe that's what it's called right he goes it's eo for short and he started it in the 80s or 90s and it's this big entrepreneurial network where he kind of inspires others to the values of entrepreneurship and for him he says the gratitude and the feedback he gets from that um, entity that he's created is what gives him fulfillment and personal enjoyment. Um, so that, that's how the, that's how he answered it. Mm, gotcha. All right. Well, I, I think probably people are uh, trying to figure out who you actually are as well. Some people may not know you. So can you just share just a little bit about who you are, kind of your journey? Um, I know what you've been known for, you know, in, in the professional space, but I'd love for you to just kind of share a little bit more about like where you've come from and, and where you're going. Yeah. So, um, you know, the, the speed dating, uh, biography yeah. is, um, I've, I've been with my wife for 20 years. We've been coming up on our 17 year anniversary. Um, we have three kids. Um, I, I've owned an SEO agency also for 17 years. Um, just stayed in my lane of, of just that area of expertise. Um, so that's probably the highlight rail, right? Um, uh, built a team of 50, um, but I don't know, you know, that's the usual kind of yeah. pitch. Right. <laughs> well, so let me ask you this. What, what are you most proud of? Um, facilitating freedom of time. Mm. Uh, so when I first started into entrepreneurship and after I answer the freedom of time, I'll explain how I got into starting my agency is when I first started my agency, I remember sitting in the living room uh, at our first home. And this is when I was like a solopreneur. And I'm, I remember telling myself, you know, grind it out now so I don't have to later. Mm. And, and what that means is um, do the long, stupid hours, hustle and grind, work 20 hour days more often than you should. Right. So, so I didn't have to later. Yeah. And um, because my wife and I, we, we were newly married. Um, we waited five years to have kids. So I, I wasn't, I knew kids weren't tomorrow, but I knew they were on the horizon. Right. And so I had this window where it's like, okay, you know, put in the extra time now because the the older you get, whether you have kids or not, 
like your responsibilities evolve. Um, so right. it's either your career, kids, whatever. There's something like you don't get more time as you get older, you get less. Mm -hmm. And so I, I wanted to take advantage of that window. And so now um, I've created that. So like I, I don't work after five. Um, I don't work weekends. Um, I've, I've set a lot of boundaries to establish that freedom. Um, I don't give clients my cell phone number. You know, just before uh, you and I got on, your team had seen my autoresponder because I'm heading out to Mexico right. and taking my wife and kids. And like I set this auto, these autoresponders in advance to establish the rules of engagement. Mm -hmm. And so I've been able to facilitate that without any guilt or concern mm -hmm. of will it affect business? Will it create a negative interpretation or reputation with clients? And, you know, where I realized that is that that's always been the goal throughout this entrepreneurship journey. But there was one real clear moment where I went, I think, I think I'm there. And it was actually in this office that I'm in now. Um, my office is ground level at home. And so off to the side is a window and the, the my kids in the summer, when they're out there playing tag, they'll, they'll cheat. They'll be like, dad, can I sneak in the window? And, and they'll hide. <laughs> and so I eventually removed the screen door so they could kind of come in and out. And then one day I, I went out to hang out with them and, um, and I was sitting there and, and there was just this little moment where it's kind of like in the movies or time kind of slows down or stops yeah. or you have a real clear moment of, of thought. And it was like, I'm taking a time out and I got nothing to worry about. Hmm. Like I, I just stopped working and everything's fine. And, and ever since then, I've just kind of appreciated it more. Wow. So was it worth it working all the long hours or would you go back and do it differently now that you know? more. Oh, I would totally do it. Yeah. No, it's, uh, yeah. You know, when I get asked a similar question, like what would you tell your younger self or something, yeah. you know, something like that, my answer is always change nothing. So I think in that answer, it also answers this question that, yeah, it was worth it. Hmm. So has life been easy or has it been hard? Um, uh, I wouldn't say it's been hard, but I wouldn't say it's been easy. Um, and the reason why I would say that is because I'm a perpetual optimist. Okay. Um, uh, I think we all have things that we go through and probably where I could tie this into is what we first opened this conversation with about the questions I'm asking these people, mm. John C. Maxwell, Kevin Harrington, and anybody else I have the opportunity to ask. Um, as you go for me, my, my, uh, journeys evolved. So when I was younger, I grew up lower middle class, didn't have disposable income in the family. Um, and that's, that actually is a huge, a lot of seeds that were planted because, you know, for one, I knew that we would never have a computer in our household mm -hmm. because of finances. Really? And so that made me go, well, I'm going to take advantage of it at school. And so as early as black and green screen computers, I took advantage of typing classes. And then that was in like junior high, seventh grade. And then in eighth grade, because I could type so quickly because I uh, uh, kind of threw myself at it, um, then I was able to take this advanced word processing class or something. And so then I got to, because I got to do that, I got to create the school lunch menus and draft those. And because I got to draft those, um, so for reference, I'm, I'm 42. And, and so like if we go back to when I was a teenager, um, the internet was just barely going commercial. Mm. And so 
WordPress didn't exist. Shopify didn't exist. ClickFunnels didn't exist. Dreamweaver didn't exist. Like these builders didn't exist. And so because I took this word processing class, then by the time I got to high school, they said, we're having the first ever HTML class. And because I had the skill set or the, you know, the relative experience from before, it was a limited class. And so I got to go do that. And so each of these little tiny things ended up contributing to the next tiny thing, which collectively became big things. And so I got to learn HTML and learn it, which is a huge skill set nowadays, because now that we have these builders, these builders don't know what's broken. They just do what you tell it to do. And it doesn't know if it looks good or if it looks bad. Right. And so I still, to this day, manually leverage the things that I learned 20 something years ago. So then, um, so I took advantage of all these things. And then what, what I, you know, coming back to your question about was, is life hard or easy? Um, you don't, when you, when you grow up, whether, uh, so for me, it was like lower middle class, alcoholic stepdad and all the things that come with that. Mm-hmm. And then probably everybody else is listening has some version of that. Right. And so you don't know any different than what you grow up with until you can look at it in retrospect later. Mm. to to go oh that's good or bad and so in the moment it it was just what it was but there were certainly things where i go okay well to to have disposable income when i get older as a parent i need financial stability and so it's like don't you know don't not have financial stability yeah and then to have a uh emotionally stable home don't do those things. Right. And so, and so a lot of times I'll get asked, who did you learn from or who was your mentor or whatever? And it's the opposite for me. I've learned what not to do from people. So that's like the personal story. And then um, I'll give you the business story and then I'll kind of tie it all together. Sure. So then on the business side, it's the same thing. So the last two employers I had before I started my agency, uh, one was uh, really financially successful um, he did one to $2 million a month. I was his only full-time employee. He had a part-time secretary. Um, and, and he only paid me like 12 bucks an hour, which was, was fine sure. because I didn't know my worth and that was reasonable sure. at the time, but it just goes to show like his proactiveness in valuing his team. And, you know, he drugs, t- toxic marriage. Um, so when I left him, I went to another gentleman who was largely the opposite, married his high school sweetheart. He was the uh, captain of the baseball team. His wife was like head cheerleader, like storybook stuff. And the business he had before that got shut down and had a civil suit where he lost a judgment for millions of dollars, learned his lesson, didn't have a criminal suit, started the second business, and then the criminal suit caught up. Oh, wow. And so this guy at the age of 32 got sentenced to 29 and a half years in federal prison. And so like between those two, it's like, don't have a toxic relationship. Don't do drugs. Don't cheat on your wife. Don't be an asshole. And then the other guy, the second guy's like, don't be greedy. Don't be selfish. You know, have morals, have integrity. And so I learned all those things. Now you bring that all together and it's like, okay, that's how I've used that as a foundation for my life. So now I've been with my wife for 20 years. You know, we have three kids. We're happily married. She's, um, you know, my first wife. And so it's, it's like all these things where you are able to see through other people's experiences and then bringing this back to the, you know, now it's like the questions that I ask John and Kevin and whoever is 
that's kind of the next evolution in life. So, you know, I went over the childhood, went over the career kind of, um, and then now it's like a new wave because I'm asking these questions with all these people, because as you get older, um, hopefully you get to a point where you start to go through a self-discovery process. Mm -hmm. And when you have these traumas when you're younger, they either make or break you. And for me, I was fortunate enough that they, they made me. And so I always have been aware of them and acknowledge them and, and gone, okay, don't do that. Instead, do the opposite. But it still catches up to you at some point. Yeah. And so like now it's like, even though I've always been aware of those things, the the weight of those for carrying those throughout your lifetime starts to bother you or it starts to make you go, um, you know, why did so-and-so do things that way and I can't relate to those things and so then you start going well you start to like go down this who what when where why how come and right. and and then that's where it gets me to the question of well okay I've, I've made the best of all these things and accomplished great things but who am I mm. and and so now it's like coming full circle where it's like the things that you've conquered that have for, for me you know given me my superpowers now I'm starting to reverse engineer them. And so maybe I'll give you one last example and then kind of take a pause. So it's like the superpower I've realized in always being proactive and going, how do I proactively prevent um, business issues? How do I proactively secure financial stability? How do I proactively um, address client concerns? And so it's proactive instead of reactive. How do I create this peaceful environment? As I've now realized it's because that was birthed out of how do I create a peaceful environment in an alcoholic household? Mm. And so the, what was created then has just evolved. So it, it was a survival mechanism. Then as I became an adult, that channel of noise was created and now it had to redirect its attention somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so now it's obsessiveness in business and, and it served me well, but you get to a point, you're like, shit, I'm tired. Like, can, right. can that channel just shut up for a second? Right. And, and so that's where I'm at now is like, okay, cool. Like, how do I, how do I take the best of that? How do I retain that superpower? But how do I also calm it down when, when I need? And so that's kind of where I'm at with why I'm asking these questions with people. So would you say there's any point in your life, uh, whether now or in the past that there was like a, a shift I mean, at some point, I mean, you're looking at these things, you, you've experienced some different things along the way. I can only imagine, you know, working for, you know, someone who was, uh, you know, drug, drug addicted, uh, greedy, you know, all these different things. And I can only imagine how that plays upon you. You know, that can, that can be pretty difficult. I'm assuming that you weren't, uh, you know, just all rainbows, sunshine every single day in those environments. Was there any time where you said, like it was a shift in your life. I don't know if it was a breaking point or if there was a, just a shift, like I'm not, I'm not going this road anymore. No. It, um, uh, it, I was always this way. Um, but it, so I, I would say it kind of the opposite. I wouldn't say it was rainbows and sunshine, but I would say I always had that moral integrity mm. And so it wasn't that I, I didn't have it. And then I got it by seeing those people. What happened was I had the moral integrity, but then I questioned it. It's like, is that what success takes? And, and then it, 
when when I would compare and go, well, well, he makes a ton of money, so do I need to go into the gray area of things? And then I'd always go, no, I don't want to. But then it would leave an insecurity where it was like, well, I don't know what the next step is then. And so I was, I was, in I guess you'd say I was insecurely confident that 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 was not the answer. Yeah. But I didn't know what the answer was. Sure. So for me, what happened? The shift for me that happened was I finally felt validation, and I went, "No, I'm right." Mm. When, and when then I that? felt more comfortable. Like, when did that happen? Um, there wasn't a defining moment. I think it was just enough of reoccurring moments of things finally catching up to people where I went, damn it, I knew I was right. And right. like so many times it's like, there, there's been so many times where there would be somebody that was successful and in my mind I'd be like, but something's off. Yeah. And and I just stopped talking about it to people because people would be like, no, so-and-so's a good guy or whatever. And then every single time, Every time, sometimes it's way longer. Like there, I think where, where maybe to answer your question is, is I needed enough of it to happen over longer periods of time. Mm-hmm. Because when there would be somebody where I'd, I'd be second guessing and then I'd see through them in like a month or two, that's a short time frame. Yeah. But, but then when it started being the people where it's like, man, it's been a year, you know, mm-hmm. I don't have these dialogues in my head of like calculating people's right, right. success times. <laughs> but, but there'd be, there'd be dialogues where it'd be like, you know, this person has been in my ecosystem long enough and I haven't seen the skeletons yet. So maybe they're the exception. And, and then, Oh, there it is. Like every time. So it might've been two years instead of two months. But I think when I started seeing the longer timeframes, I'm like, no, like when there's something that's off, um, every time it's been right. So, you can now peace of mind going, yeah, don't do the things that those people are doing, even if I don't see why fast enough. I can, I can relate. I feel like uh, right now in my life, there's, it's funny, some of the things that you're saying, you know, I'm sitting, I'm sitting with people and there's a perception I can see, wow, they've, they've done some great things from what I can see. Um, but sometimes I think exactly what you're saying. There's there's something off, but I can't exactly put my finger on it. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But I don't. But I know I don't need to go down that road with them right now. But I feel a lot of pressure sometimes. That I mean, honestly, it looks good. It seems good. It seems like it's the right way. Um, what what would your advice be to that? So it catches up sometimes, uh, or, or it'll eventually catch up. But the the thing you have to weigh is, okay, do I follow that path? And maybe I'll them and I, by following them by proxy, will get away with it long enough. Whatever the thing is that I'm not sure it is, but it feels like something's there. Maybe it takes long enough that, that I can reap the rewards in between. Mm. And so it's it's a question of do you want um, short term wins for long term sacrifices? So for, in my mind, that's what it is. Is is like even those even those people where it's like okay, maybe it takes years for them for whatever to catch up to them, but they generally lose everything in between when that happens. So right. it's like, do you want to go on a selfish journey 
knowing or feeling like it's going to end at some point. And, you know, short-term wins, like if you pass on those short-term wins, you can recoup that, right? There's lots of ways to find success. You can't, or it's very hard to recoup your reputation. Yeah. And so for me, it's like, do I want to protect the integrity of my name that I can have for life or do I want to go on a short-term money run? Yeah. And I'm assuming that you've had, you've had that question probably multiple times in your what seven, how, how long have you been? Uh, I've had my agency business? for 17 years, 17 yeah. years. So that's, that's right. So, I mean, I'm assuming that you've probably had some different moments during that time where you've had to ask yourself that question. Um, yeah, but less memorable instances of it. The, sure. the, the moment that stands out the most is actually that second to last employer I mentioned. I remember yeah. one time he called me and um, he kept getting merchant accounts shut down because of charge, high chargebacks. And as, as I mentioned, he, he was doing a ton of volume. So it was really important to have backup merchant accounts. Right. And, and when I was, I was probably 23 or 24, he says, Damon, I'll give you a hundred grand to put a merchant account in your name. And the first thing I said was, well, in my mind, I was like, holy shit, that'd be awesome. But then immediately it was like, this is the type of guy that was getting lawsuits from the state, from the FTC, from celebrities for ripping off his name for products that he was promoting. And I remember thinking Oprah, because at the time he was pushing like weight loss products and work from home products. And, and I told them, I, I said, okay, but what are you going to do when Oprah comes and sues me? And he says, ah, we'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll figure it out. And I was like, hard freaking no. All right. <laughs> I mean, could you imagine making 12 bucks an hour and being offered a hundred grand? Yeah. And then it, Oprah coming after you? <laughs> for, for millions. Right. I mean, I would have lost everything. Right. Wow. Man, that's a that that's in, that's incredible. So, a uh, question. So, you you've said you've achieved this success. Would you say that you're now trying to understand more significance? That's probably a reasonable way to put it. Yeah, um, I think my goal now is is more impact. Yeah. Um, and it seems like the majority of people that find some level of success get to a point where they want to give back or, or make some sort of impact. Um, yeah. So I want to do it. Uh, I, I'm, I enjoy the feedback I get now. I get lots of messages of appreciation or, you know, doing podcasts like this, somebody will, it'll resonate in some way and they'll send me a thank you, but I want to do it consistently, repeatedly and at scale. And, and so this is part of the journey of me asking people and trying to figure out who I am because I want to be hyper passionate about whatever it is I put my finger on because once you kind of know what your why is, then it, it just eliminates all the noise. And then you can just focus clearly on that. And because you're so focused, you make a significantly greater impact. Yeah. So impact's probably the right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay, random question. You know, I know that you're Mr. Optimistic, and I respect that. I wish I had a little <laughs> bit more of that. 
sometimes. If the world ends tomorrow, <laughs> right? Exactly. Going? <laughs> I was talking to someone. I was talking to someone today, and I was like, "Hey, look, I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm I'm the worst. I'm the worst case scenario guy. I'm going to go all the way there, and then I'm going to work my way back." <laughs> so it's like, let's just let's just start the conversation out honest. <laughs> and so, I love though to one of the things I you said, but you didn't say in the words that I'm going to use is that you have, you have consistently learned through other people's failures. Mm -hmm. Now, um, I, I think some of the failures, uh, some people may not call them failures, uh, because they were pursuing that, but, but ultimately like you were able to even watch from the outside and learn from that. And I think that's one thing I've learned about you already is you're very observant, um, and you're a slow and steady in a positive way. Um, mm -hmm. in, in that. So I, I'd love to know, like, there's, there's gotta be those, some failures that you've experienced even on your own, but I would love to know from you, is there anything that comes to mind that was just an incredible, impactful, you know, failure learning that you experienced that, that really moved you in a different direction? I know I'm looking at, I know I'm, I would keep asking these pivotal moments and you can keep saying, let me say, you keep saying like, there was no like one major thing, mm -hmm. right? But I'd love to know, is there anything that comes to mind? Um, yes and no. So um, I, I have been fortunate enough to not have any dramatic screw ups. Mm -hmm. um, and part of that has been what you outlined because I'm always observing and going, how do I avoid that? Even if I'm not in that scenario yet, it's like a bookmark it in my head and, right. and go, oh, that thing from that one person, I'm yeah. now, now I'm walking into that. So right. how can I dance around that? Right. So that's the no. The yes is there are certainly things that I feel like I could have done that would have gotten me further, faster, sooner. Mm. Um, so like the, the biggest, the, the one that generally comes to mind the quickest is a very business answer. It's documenting processes. So like when I, but, but even then I don't, um, I don't have regret about it. And so I'll, I'll explain this is I always put this in the phrase of dating the phases. And so what I mean by that is whether it's in relationships or your career, um, nine to five entrepreneurship, whatever you can date these phases of, of experiences. And so for me, it was like my first job when I was 16, I was a janitor at a junior high, not sexy, but that job was awesome because I looked at dating it. And, and what I mean is like, dude, I worked Monday through Friday. I had every weekend off. Um, it was for a school. So it was technically government job. So I got every holiday paid, you know, 16. And so I still wanted to hang out with my friends at night and my hours were three to seven Monday through Friday. So I had every night and every weekend off and minimum wage at the time was like five fifteen, and I got paid six seventy five. So I was balling. Big like it, time. I mean, I was, I was, I was living. And so then I take that and then my next job was, I was just a, a retail worker at an arts and crafts store and, um, nothing sexy there either. But then when, now I'm 17 and the assistant manager at the time, um, her name was Christy and Christy says, Hey, we're opening a new store and it's, it's this place about an hour North. Do you want a job? And I, so first I was like, uh, do you want to be an assistant manager? And I'm like, holy shit, I'm 17, assistant manager? Hell yeah. And then I went, oh, wait, I'm 17. I live at home and that's an hour away and that's really far. And so it went very quickly from, yes, wait, I can't. <laughs> and so, but then two weeks later, 
my family says we're moving closer to that location and and i didn't have that discussion with with my mom and but then in my mind i'm like like so she didn't know i got offered the job or anything or maybe she did i don't know um but then i went oh i can go back to christy and i go christy i'm moving closer so i can take that job now and so she saw something in me and my work ethic to yeah. give me the opportunity to give me um, a, an assistant manager position. And, and even further, it was an assistant manager position in the framing department. And I had no framing experience, but she was willing to go, I want to invest in Damon and have the company teach him the skill and then give him that responsibility. Mm. And then the, the district manager over framing came in one time. So fast forward, we open the store, I take the job and the district manager comes in or the national trainer or some big dude. And he's like, he is not going to run this department. And I was 10 feet away and I heard her fight for me. Wow. And so, you know, you take from all these little experiences and, and then I'll kind of skip ahead for a minute. So probably about seven years ago, I reached out to her and, and I said, Hey, I don't know if you remember me. And um, I just wanted to say thanks for the opportunities you gave me. And none of them necessarily directly led to the career I'm on now, but it was just memorable moments. And so she's like, of course I remember you. She even remembered when she interviewed me and everything. And so we went to lunch and, and I just told her thanks and we've stayed in touch since. Um, so like when I say date the phases, it's like take from each of these experiences you have and go, what do I not like? And avoid those in the next version of that phase. And what do I do like? And double down on those and trying to incorporate them in the next version of that. So um, so now back to your question of, has there been any pivotal moments of like failure? No, but coming back to where I say, I think I could have done things bigger and faster and documenting processes. When I was dating the phases of my career, the first year it was just cool to be self-employed. Um, about the second year I went, oh, I have an opportunity here. I should probably be more intentional about. Mm -hmm. So then I hired a team member to, had two to four team members for, two to four years. Then I was listening to two books at the same time, at the same time frame. One was E-Myth Revisited and the other was Four Hour Workweek. Okay. And so E-Myth Revisited tells you how to build a business that's dependent on processes and not individual team member skill sets. So that way as people come and go, you don't lose the process. You can interchange people yeah. with the process. And then Four Hour Workweek tells you how to compress time. So if you're going to go listen to those, listen to E-Myth first because you don't want to compress time until you've documented your processes. Yeah. That's where people get things so wrong. They yeah, get on the hype of the four hour. <laughs> they go on the four hour and then everything falls apart. And they they think, okay, that doesn't work. Because you don't know what corners you're cutting. Yeah, you right. don't know what you're sacrificing. So then at that point, I went, why do I not delegate more of this stuff? And so then mm -hmm. I went from four team members to eight. And then I had eight to, eight to 15 team members for the next four years. There wasn't a significant change in that quantity. You know, people ask me like, what's the difference between one team member, five, 10, 20, whatever, eight to 15, I didn't notice a significant difference, but when it went from 15 to 20, it was a huge difference because now you have like, it is so hard to, to maintain intimate relationships with your team members at that scale. Yeah. And that was such a core part of my business that I, I really appreciated and committed time to. And now logistically it's nearly impossible. Mm -hmm. And so, um, around that eight to 15 team member mark is when I said, you know, I, and listening to the books, as I said, I need, I need to document these processes better. And so I had processes, but somewhere on a spreadsheet, somewhere in a doc, somewhere in my head. And so I consolidated them and that sucked. Um, yeah, I bet. because it took, 
two to three hours every other day for, for like a year because I wanted to do it so granularly that I didn't have to ever do it again. I didn't want to do it just enough to check it off right. the list and know I half-assed it. Mm-hmm. So I had to go back and sorry, my phone was ringing there. I thought I turned it off. So I had to go back and um, I had to, so I didn't want to go back and I'm so glad I did it that way because when I did that, it made it so we were scalable while maintaining quality control. Mm-hmm. And the beauty in that, we all hear this this theory of SOPs and documenting processes, and but until you actually do it and can tangibly feel the rewards of it, I mean, doing that at year two or three instead of year eight, um, would have been a significant amplifier. So that's usually what comes to mind. Yeah, man. Well, that's fantastic. Well, I know that I know that you're getting ready for travel and ready to jet uh, out of here. And we don't have a lot more time, but what would be one thing that you'd want to share? I mean, in your in your search for significance, um, I think that you've made quite a bit of an impact, um, even just in the short time that I've known you you made a huge impact just in my life. Um, and so I, I truly appreciate that, but I would love to know, like, what would you have for our listeners if they're searching for the significance? Yeah, no, I appreciate the opportunity to chat. I appreciate the kind words. Um, I think what, what usually comes to mind is, um, especially for like an entrepreneur based audience is don't make your decisions entirely based on financial benefit. Um, there, there's certainly a time and a place depending on where you are in life where you have to put food on the table. And so you have to take whatever you can take, do that if you're in that circumstance, but hopefully you get to a position where you have a little bit of flexibility in being able to say no and not having to say yes to everybody because you get to a certain amount of income and then the next dollar doesn't matter like you still pursue it, but it all, it almost becomes a game of, mm-hmm. of accomplishment. And, and the number will vary for everybody, but once you reach that benchmark, it really doesn't matter. The next dollar really doesn't matter. And so then you start to go, well, do I even like what I do? And so try to date the phases, figure out what trajectory will bring you satisfaction beyond financial incentive mm-hmm. so you don't have to reinvent yourself when you get to that level of stability the financial stability because once you're there and and you find yourself you did it entirely financially motivated you're probably going to resent it and tear it all down yeah <laughs> right well i i love the thing that you said about date the date the phases uh, I, I think that's one thing i can say i really struggled with for quite a long time probably my like first 10 years of just, you know, seeing myself in the situation that I was in and always trying to figure out how to get out of that versus now, okay, something hard comes along and I say, okay, it's a phase. It's where I'm at. Right. But it doesn't have to be where I'm at in the future, but it is where I'm at right now. And so what can I learn? What can I gain from Mm -hmm. this? How can I make steps to move? You know, sometimes you just gotta you gotta bolt from the the dinner table when it's a bad date. <laughs> so yeah. Um, so, but ultimately, like sometimes you gotta endure, and you just gotta understand it's just where you're at, and so learn from it versus always trying to get out of it. Um, so I don't know. What what are your thoughts on that? No, it's a great point because then then it eliminates the sense of defeat 
if you can look at every opportunity and we'll even say negative opportunity, if you can look at everything that maybe you currently frame as negative as an opportunity, then all of a sudden you start to look at things and go, what can I learn from this? I don't rarely, if ever, I certainly have days that suck and days that are stressful. Yeah. But when I'm in those moments, I never go, I want out. Right. It's always like where my mind immediately goes is, ah, here's a thing I have to conquer. And so it's not, it's not mentally exhausting because it's like, this is negative. It's mentally, it's still mentally exhausting, but it's for a different reason. It's because there's a thing in front of me that will make me better that I now have to figure out that's going to take time. Mm -hmm. And that's easier to swallow than just constantly avoiding things. Exactly. We're constantly just trying to figure out the easiest way to get out of it. Because usually it's not that easy to get out of it. Yeah. So yeah, you're gonna have to deal with it one way or another. Yeah, exactly. Do you want to deal with it now when it sucks, or do you want to deal with it later when it's compounded and sucks more? Exactly. And as some people that you worked for, now they're in prison. So, so, you know. Yeah. Um, Well, uh, Damon, where can people find you? Where can they connect with you best? Yeah, hit DamonBurton.com. It's got everything on there. You can read personal stuff, um, and it also, if you want to read SEO, it's got tips and tricks on there. And and if you want to jump into my world of marketing, um, there's also a free download copy of my book. Awesome, awesome. I know you're posting a lot on uh, Facebook, uh, social media, LinkedIn, everything else. I know people can easily, if they're smart enough, can find you there as well. Yeah. So yeah. really, really appreciate you. Um, hopefully, your travel is uh, safe and a lot of fun. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. Thanks for joining us today on another episode of the Dangerously Vulnerable Podcast. To learn more about me, the Visionaries Wingman, head over to KaganHinson.com. If you're willing, subscribe to the podcast and leave a comment and tell us what you think. Until next time, keep breaking through those barriers that are holding you back from accomplishing your extraordinary vision.